Hey everyone, good afternoon. This is Ramon Ray, and thank you for listening to the Smart Hustle Report on Small Business Trends. I'm having a lovely, lovely day here in the East Coast, and my guest is in the West Coast enjoying probably slightly better weather, and better is a relative word, but Michelle Weinstein, welcome, <laughs> and thanks for joining us today on the Smart Hustle Report on Small Business Trends. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. You are massively welcome, Michelle. So Michelle. <laughs> People call you the pitch queen. Why yes. is that? Is that because you've been on Shark Tank 400 times and won millions of dollars? <laughs> is that because you were like, you used to play for the uh, Major League Baseball? Why do people call you the pitch queen? <laughs> well, if I were a professional athlete, it would be because I play on the Major League Baseball and I'm on the Houston Astros this year because we won the World Series. Anyway. Well, no, the pitch queen's really about, you know, I've been an entrepreneur pretty much my whole life except for my first regular job I had out of college as a financial analyst. And what I realized is that in the world of being an entrepreneur and, you know, working for yourself and starting your own company, you are always pitching yourself. If it's right. pitching for raising money for your company, if it's pitching your products and your services, um, you know, I found myself pitching not in the sports – well, yeah, actually I was pitching in the sports world too because we had a niche with pro athletes back with my last company. And still to this day, I help and consult with a company where we do all of the food on all of the airplanes and for all of the visiting clubhouses in Major League Baseball, the NBA and the NHL. <laughs> so I guess I am the pit queen 360 right now. But mostly it's for, you know, reminding these entrepreneurs and for all of us who start businesses that you actually have to sell all day long every day. And I think sometimes you forget about that. So what's not a better way to have a, you know, catchy name? I, always, I, I knew it worked one day because I was on a flight and my family was up in Seattle. So I was on my way from San Diego to Seattle and a guy was looking over my shoulder, you know, reading my, one of my blogs or something I was working on the plane. And he's like, what is it that you do? I said, oh, I saw you reading everything the whole time we were on this flight. You know, I said, well, I'm the pitch queen, so check out my LinkedIn or website, and then you'll see everything that I do because he asked me as we were walking off the plane. And he literally sent me a message on LinkedIn, and he's, I, hey. I was like, well, I guess that was memorable. <laughs> now, he, was he slightly embarrassed at stalking you on a plane? I mean, we all do it, but you try to do it I know. as careful as you can. Really like. Until you find it's boring. Like, you know, you look at the computer screen next to you, oh, it's a boring PowerPoint about something that you don't care about. But if it's interesting, you, you have to look, but you have, there's an art to that, Michelle. So was he a little embarrassed or not? Sure. <laughs> he was not embarrassed, but there is wow. an art to it. And I, and I like to say there's an art to selling and pitching yourself, too. And I teach right. the way on how to not do it the pushy and sleazy way and how to do it the professional way from a place of coming of service and serving your clients and how it would be a disservice if you didn't tell people about what you do. So. That is true. And Michelle, how did you, by the way, I'm curious, uh, how did you get started in this? Just give us a brief background, kind of a Michelle a bit, how you started, uh, what the business, what services the business have, because I do like to, many of my interviews are about the hustle of entrepreneurship. So why don't we just start right. there just a bit, but then I want to dive into 
specific points about how to pitch. And feel free, why don't you give us your website address? And, and if, if the formal name of the company is not the Pitch Queen, feel free to tell us that as well as you're starting off. <laughs> oh, the, the company is called The Pitch Queen. My website is thepitchqueen.com. Ooh, My Instagram okay. and Facebook is all The Pitch Queen. So all I right. am The Pitch Queen everywhere. I made it really simple, I would say. But, I love it. You know, I love how you talk about hustling because that's what entrepreneurship is all about. So I would say that I started hustling when I was I, – my grandparents lived in New York, and in New York, when you're 18 years old, you can get a job in a bar. You don't have to be 21, even though you couldn't drink anything until you're 21. But I could be in a bar and work. So I started hustling cocktails as a cocktail waitress at 18. Right. <laughs> and, Got it. Uh, <laughs> so I started at a young age, and I guess a lot of the same, you know, building rapport and relationships with your customers and all of these things relate to everything I do today and what I teach today. And, you know, it is about building rapport and relationships and, you know, how, how do you work the room at live events and other places and how do you believe in yourself and how do you gain that confidence and all of these things that not only come from hustling because hustling creates the confidence because you get to try and put things into action. And then when something works, you build a little bit more confidence. Right. And, uh, you know, that's, that's really where it started. And then I did have a regular job when I finished college. I was a financial analyst. I was really bored sitting in a cubicle. I got what you call cubicle butt. So mm-hmm. I gained some weight and was going nuts. So I started my own boot camp classes and became a fitness instructor. So Very that nice. was my first my first company was a fitness company. Maybe, and then I got into the Oh, maybe me and you what? could partner together. I have some peanut butter chocolate covered raisins and some cans of soda in my fridge. We could those who like would fail from your course, you can upsell them to my course. See? We could we could partner together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Go I, ahead, Michelle. Continue. Continue I, no, no. I, I retired from the fitness business about five okay. years ago. I, I now do this aerial silk yoga, um, and I pay money for that now. And now I also pay money to go to a gym and work on my fitness because when you hustle a lot, you're kind of short on time. So Absolutely. I've got a lot of accountability set up in that area. I do believe that you know, your Coke and the chocolate-covered raisins, well, those aren't so bad, but you need to live the 80-20 rule. <laughs> and I believe I'm, that when you're, when you're on track 80% of the time, the other 20%, you can just live life and enjoy it and not worry about what you eat and stuff. Sure, but no, anyway, you're, you're 100% right in that. So how did, how did Michelle come to be the pitch queen? And I guess I assume you helped people perfect their pitch. I could be wrong. Tell us how you became to do that, and then tell us a bit about what you do before we dive into some of these tips. So before the Pitch Queen, I had a company called Fitzy Foods. It was a meal, prepared meal company, and that's where I would say I did most of my pitching. It was mm-hmm. a prepared meal space. I didn't know what the heck I was getting myself into 10 years ago, and I ended up closing it. So the Pitch Queen was my plan B. I said, however this company ends up, I want to take everything I've learned in the last 20 years plus of my life and teach it to mission-driven entrepreneurs who want to sell high-ticket offers mostly. 
um, you know, somewhere between $3,000 and $20,000 because that I'm very good at pitching for raising money. I'm really great at selling high-end education programs, high-level coaching business offers, uh, anything of really high value versus the lower quantity, more voluminous type businesses. So mm-hmm. I did pitch my products into Costco. I got our products into Vitamin Shop where they invested over a million dollars in a test with our prepared foods. I did pitch on Shark Tank. I did raise over a million dollars for my last company. And all of these things I did, I said, they're, I'm using the same strategy for everything. And um, now I actually, with the Pitch Queen, I host a Facebook live show once a week, and I also host a podcast that I started. And even to get my guests on my podcast, which is called Success Unfiltered, I have to pitch them as to why do they want to take out 30 minutes of their time to share their stories of being told no and being rejected to get. Of course, because we're all very busy. I mean, you're right. And so you mean, many people, half the people do instantly say yes, but you're right. We're all busy. So even guests coming on have to do it. So Michelle, what are some yeah. of the things that you say for the, for the entrepreneurs, for the thousands who will be listening to this show, what are some of your top? I mean, you pitched in Shark Tank. You pitched while you were selling beer underage and et cetera, et cetera. How did you, what are some of the big tips you have today for us for entrepreneurs? And let's focus on that. Selling high ticket items, what are some of the two, three, four, five, or ten things in your rule book that you just have to do and know? If, if it's that, if you can share it that way. If not, then however you wish to share it. <laughs> okay, I will attempt to give you the top ten ways, okay? So I think there's a few things you need to work on. And I would say the number one thing for you to work on when it comes to pitching whatever it is, especially if it's a high-ticket offer, that you're doing about 20% of the talking and 80% of the listening. Mm. I think a lot of things go south, even when raising money or getting into the, like with Vitamin Shop, they were a billion-dollar company. They chose a small startup to work with. But I sat there and I was listening. I'm like, okay, what's the problem and how can I do it better than the other guys? Because I knew they were talking to three of our competitors. And you're always trying to listen for what are those pain points? What's the Mm. solution that you can deliver to, like, whatever the pain is? um, Or what are the challenges that they're having? And if you can get that 80-20 roll down on your listening to talking ratio, that's going to be great. I also think a big thing, too, that has gotten a lot of the success I've had is learning how to ask. I would say a lot of us start businesses and have these great programs and then you're on the phone with a client or you're pitching to raise money and you never even ask for the money or you don't ask for the sale. Right. So really asking, I mean, literally, it sounds really stupid, but I have seen it time and time again where people are not even just asking. You do your presentation, you've got this, you go through Q&A, and then you're like, I are you going to ask for the check? Like, are you going right, to ask right. for the sale? Are you going to ask for the credit card? Like, what are you going to do? Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, what I had to learn in that, I had to learn asking is one, but I just had to learn. And I, I mean, like yourself, Michelle, I've been an entrepreneur for many, many, many years, and I've been blessed to, to have some success. But I just, in the past, like, days, learned to ask for more. I mean, and I, I slap myself like somebody will say, Ramon, can you do this for a dollar? And I'm like, okay, I know my value is $5. Ah, oh, breathe, Ramon, breathe, Ramon, you can do it. No, I can do it for $5. And when they come back and say $4, 
I won. So <laughs> that's my little yeah. victory. So, but please continue. Yeah, please go ahead. I, well, an- another thing that, you know, I just thought of when you said that is when do you say no? And mm. I think when you learn what I call the art of saying no, this actually right. increases your value. It increases your worth. And it, and it opens up possibilities for more opportunities. And I think as entrepreneurs, especially if you're, like, just starting out, you say yes to almost everything because you need the money or whatever. But when you can separate the relationship in from, is this actually really an ideal client for me, yes or no? And if it's not, then, you know, how can you gracefully say no to that ideal person that will pay you that five bucks that you are just saying? you can get exactly what you want, and you're never going to negotiate down. You're not going to do it for a dollar. You're not going to do it for two. You're not going to do it for three. You're not going to do it for four. You're only going to do it for five. Right. I love it. I love it. And so, I guess I, must, I break some of those rules sometimes. I do. I, I am willing to go a bit lower. But, hey, we all have to learn and, and get to a point. But I'm happy that I'm asking for more. That's at least my little victory. I'm happy that it's more. But continue. So um, one is uh, listen more. Um, ask for more and what else? Oh, gosh, I don't even know how many I've rattled off yet, but I would say – No, that's fine. Howard doesn't have to have a number. It doesn't have to be 10, but anything else in your rule book of what you're telling people kind of, you know, for, for especially for high-ticket items, what are some other things we need to do? Follow up. Mm. I would say um, following up, confirming your appointments and meetings 24 hours in advance, giving them as much data and research as possible before meetings and sales meetings or sales presentations or discovery calls or whatever your terminology is. And then at the end, following up. Like I'll give you an example. I know my podcast isn't a high ticket offer, but high ticket offers do lead from it. So um, when I'm getting a guest on the show, I, I not only follow up to confirm that they're going to show up for the interview, but I mm-hmm. also follow up with a thank you card, a thank you email. I just sent out over 60 Christmas holiday gifts in the mail and spent two hours in line at a post office. It's like these – I treat them as if this were a $100,000 sale. It's Absolutely. not any different And that you need to treat your clients all equal. If someone pays – you know, if your price was $5, then it's $5. But if someone's – spending a hundred thousand with me or whatever on a package and then they're not spending anything but giving me 30 minutes of their time for a podcast interview they all get treated equal they all get that level of value so i think in your follow-up system you need to think about i like to say i'm like nordstrom's i love nordstrom i actually had a part-time job there out of college that's where i also learned customer service and sales do they have a customer service program like no other? Mm. I mean, they sent, there's a girl here in San Diego, my favorite mascara. She calls me every single year. Hey, Michelle, we've got the deal where if you buy three, you get one free. Do you want some? Yeah. Thanks for following up. Every right. year she gets the sale. But if, if I never heard from her, it'd be out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. hers is not a high ticket offer, but. I can guarantee you if the Gucci dress guy calls me and he says, Michelle, I got one of your favorite dresses in, it's $50,000. I got a new one in six months later, you know, if that's what he was selling. I'm just making right, that up right. now. I'm talking about the follow-up. And if you don't have a system in place, get one in place ASAP. 
So I guess on that point, you're a firm believer. I used to do some work with Infusionsoft, worked for them for a number of years. Uh, you're a firm believer, I guess, in CRM of some sort, whether it's Infusionsoft and Sightly or whatever. Is that fair to say as well? Yes, definitely. Yeah. I mean, Infusionsoft is extremely complicated, so depending on what type of business you have, there's a lot of other ones out there. I mean, you can depending on how many clients you're managing, you could probably even do this just with like your calendar system and a spreadsheet. You don't right. even really need to invest that much. Um, but yes, I mean, your system of whatever, even if it's a pen and paper, <laughs> you know, you've got 12 pieces of paper for every month of the year. There's right. your follow-up system. So you don't need to go crazy over it. I would just think about what is it that you're serving and helping your clients with? What did they say to you on this day? And then when are you going to be following up with them? And figure it out and hold yourself accountable to it. I love it. I like the aspect about accountability. And that's the only pushback the wrong word, but pushback I'd say, Michelle, is that uh, pen and paper, it definitely can start there, but at least I've found that if you want to scale it and grow it and, and have a computer help, help you remember this, that, and the other, yes. <laughs> i found pen and paper sometimes will slow you down. So I'm not saying it has to be expensive, but I would say there's a ton of systems out there between Zoho and Sightly and Fusionsoft contextually. I can, Nimble's another one that at least help systematize whatever that process is. But, but, uh, but no, you're right on this. Um, what about, Michelle, for those who are just starting out, uh, you know, any advice to them? And I know you're dealing with, for a high-ticket item, maybe those are a bit more mature in business, but what are your thoughts to those who are just starting out and may say, Michelle, you know what, I just launched my business. I'm trying to get my first clients, trying to get my first mm -hmm. check-in. Any thoughts, advice to them? I know it's a broad question, but just curious, any, any input on <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is just putting yourself out there and building some serious resilience muscles. And, mm. you know, it really depends on, like, what you're selling. But if you're, you can find clients at trade shows, live events, or in person first, try that first and, and really figure out what are the challenges they're having, what are the pain points, how can you help them and serve them, and, and really figuring that piece out if you're just starting out you know, instead of going, like, right away if you're in the online space and throwing a lot of money in Facebook ads or whatever ads, there's so much you can do even in lineup Starbucks. I've done some really funny videos on my YouTube page about just getting out there and asking for things uh, so you guys can get some ideas. But really, it's just asking. I mean, I interviewed a girl even on the podcast. Uh, if you listen to Christine McDaniel, I think, it was mm -hmm. her interview, and she met one of her biggest clients uh, at the car wash. Mm, yeah, yeah, I can believe it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like, you guys don't e – if you're just starting out, this isn't really that complicated. It's actually right, right. really simple. But I think with all of the noise and everything that you've read and all these books, it's just like, like put the books down and just go into action. Yeah, you know, yeah. No, I, you're, you're right. Sometimes it's – Starting out and just doing it, I, I totally agree with you, uh, Michelle. This has I been think, a, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh no, I was I was gonna say yeah. I mean, I never had a podcast before. I just figured right. it out. I I didn't buy a course. I didn't you know read any books. I was like, I found people in the industry that kind of knew what they were talking about on the techie side, and it's really just putting it into action and overcoming the hurdles when you get to them. 
Absolutely. I like the aspect of figuring it out. I mean, you have to figure it out. That's the kind of the first step to get ahead. Uh, Michelle, anything else that you want to share with us, you know, especially regarding pitching or anything else from your experience? But I think this has been a good starting point, I think, to help entrepreneurs <laughs> learn, especially for those. Some are very nervous. People like you and I, we seem, I think, we're extroverts, as it were. We're not, you know, we're not uh, unabashed, I think the English word is, but some people, and my wife, <laughs> But I think it's just starting out and getting it. Uh, anything else I didn't ask you, Michelle, that you wanted to touch on today uh, as we uh, come toward the end of our discussion? No, I mean, if you're scared about that, I would say, you know, my, that's what my podcast is about for all of you that are scared and getting told no and getting rejected. It's how do you overcome that? Because if you can't overcome that, then you can't help more people. And I think everyone who's an entrepreneur who's hustling every day, which right. you talk about all the time, you want to help people. But you can't let the no's and the rejection stop you. So get over the no, get over the rejection, listen to an episode or two of Success Unfiltered. It's totally free. And, you know, make magic happen because you all have these gifts that were given to you that you want to put into play. And you've got to put things into action. Just don't keep reading every book and doing every course and watching every guru and doing all this stuff. And then... Nothing ever happens. You know, I encounter a lot of people that just start out and they wonder why they haven't made any money yet. It, it's right. like, well, you're not, you're not even selling. <laughs> you're reading and making sure you've got, like, done is better than perfect. Okay? So done is better than perfect. Go make magic happen and put one thing into action today that you've been sitting, that you have written down on your, like, to-do list and it's been there for three months. That one thing, go do that. I love it. I think I'm going to put that in my alarm clock. Done is better than perfect. Done is better than perfect. Better than perfect. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've been yeah. talking to Michelle Weinstein, and you can find her pretty much everywhere on social media at the Pitch Queen website, et cetera, et cetera. Definitely look her up. And her specialty, as she said today, is really helping entrepreneurs and others uh, sell uh, and pitch themselves, especially high-ticket items. But Michelle, thanks for being with us today. And uh, my name is Ramona. This is the Smart Hustle Report on Small Business Trends. Keep hustling. Thank <laughs> you.